100% Real with Lisa Cabrera. There are so many things that I hear from the past that's still relevant today because the struggle is still not over, ladies and gentlemen. We are still in an oppressive state. We are still trying to find our way out of this oppression. I want you to hear this audio that I found that still rings true even to this very day. Black History Month is important not only because in its earliest days it was an acknowledgement of the contributions of black people to American democracy, but even over the last 40 years, when it went from a week to a month, it has become increasingly important to explaining how the nation became a nation that is multiracial. None of what we call civil rights today makes sense without understanding black history. Civil rights means that you are fighting for or acknowledging the basic guarantees that every individual protected by the Constitution is entitled to. Since uh, President Trump was elected in 2016, the broadest definitions of civil rights have been challenged. We've seen instances of swastikas being sprayed on the sides of buildings in liberal cities around America or nooses hanging on co-workers' desks. While it's hard to draw a direct line from the president to all of this behavior, we certainly can draw a dotted line. And in that sense, he has not used the power of his office or the power of the pulpit uh, to define an America that is free of racial hatred, but in fact has excused much racial hatred as a kind of, they get to behave this way too. One of the things I think is important about both looking at this as a moment that says we still have work to do, even for people who are self-defined liberals and Democrats, is to be more honest about their own coming of age in a racist country. Be honest about the fact that when a blackface image of you shows up on your yearbook page, whether it's you or not, which is unbelievable, but putting that aside, that your fellow students thought it was funny and interesting, the editors of the book thought it was okay to publish, and the school thought it was okay to publish. And until we can have that conversation about the consumption of racism, then we're not going to see the fast or hard break from the past that keeps popping up. 
Sometimes people express frustration that no matter how much information you share with someone and how compelling your set of arguments are and what you point them to to read, they still don't change. They still don't believe white privilege is real. And I would say that while you still have to press forward, you have to make the case you may not win those arguments, the real opportunity for us starts with our kindergartners. We can't make the assumption that five-year-olds are colorblind. Uh, because children see difference in the world. And if we leave them on their own to fill in the blanks, they're going to learn from society. They're going to pick up all the cultural cues that exist in our world. So we have to be intentional. But we also could be more deliberate about what we teach them in class. If you ask children of elementary age who are the most famous Americans who are not presidents, the two most commonly cited people are Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and miss rosa parks what's interesting is that i would say if you could pick two people to completely rewrite the story of they are the perfect candidates because their familiarity already over indexes for the kind of um superficial history that we're teaching our children the kind of black history month bulletin board of which they become prominent figures both of them are literally like 180 degrees more complicated and quite different than we like to remember them. The hope for me is that if we can take on that work together, if we can be serious about changing what we teach our kids, then we can expect different adults. And if we get different adults, then they'll understand and be more vigilant about not repeating the mistakes of the past. Now, I do agree with some of the things he said. Now, one very impertinent thing, ladies and gentlemen, is we must... Sorry about that. The one pertinent thing that we must do is make sure our children are educated by us about what racism is. We cannot leave this into the hands of white female teachers. We can't leave it into the hands of society. We have to be there for our children and make sure they know the truth. You know, I get tired of seeing parents on TV when something happens to their black children, they're in a state of shock that you shouldn't even be in at this point. I don't know where you've been all this time. This society has never been fair. It's never been right. And they're not aiming to be fair. You should know that by now. All of us should know that by now. These people don't give a damn about being fair. And that's a problem when they don't care about being fair, but you do. Nobody is playing fair, but black people are still sitting around waiting for fairness that you will never see in your lifetime. I'm not concerned about being fair. Not anymore. I'm not. Ladies and gentlemen, our fight is not done. This is not the end. It's not. You know, 
freedom will come with a cost. You got a people that are determined and hell-bent on us never being free, which is unrealistic, I mean, in itself. But this is their way of thinking, and I'm not trying to change them. But you, you need to make sure your children know the reason why we are treated as we are people pulling phones out and calling police when you're not even doing anything wrong or a cop comes up and tells you you look suspicious you know we know suspicious means black or oh now their new thing is oh oh this place had a lot of robberies and you know they're just trying to make sure um you know you're you're not you know the suspect or you're just not going to do anything that's a bullshit lie it's a bullshit reason, y'all. This is the newest thing they've come up with is, you know, oh, well, you know, there's been a lot of car break-ins around here and, and you know, and I, I just don't know who you are and, you know, where's your ID? Don't you ever give these people your ID. I don't care how much they keep asking for your ID. You keep that ID in your wallet. You keep it in your purse. They are no authority. But they seem to, they've been trained and conditioned to believe that they are. And you must teach your kids this too. When they come and make demands on your children, don't you tell your kids not to give them anything. They are not the authority. If they don't like it, they can talk to the parent. They can talk all that. You look suspicious and, you know, we've had break-ins in this neighborhood. You know, that that their new latest and greatest excuse. And we know that's all a bunch of bullshit they're telling you. Oh, um, you look like a suspect. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. All right, so this is the newest set of lies that they are trying to bestow upon us. Just so it sounds like what they're doing to you is justifiable. Ladies and gentlemen, that bullshit is still not justifiable. Don't get it twisted. It's still not justifiable. Them approaching you when nothing is going on and demanding ID, that is not justifiable. And the reasons are not justifiable. You don't have to comply to that. And if they call the police, they're what they call in the police on a non-crime. <laughs> but but remember, we're the most violent. I, I have yet to see them pick up a phone and call the police because these black people were being violent. Every single situation, ladies and gentlemen, there is no violence. There is no crime. That says it all right there. It's making a complete liar out of these people. And I am so glad about that. Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes my podcast for today. I want to thank each and every one of you for stopping by and listening to my podcast. And those of you that are my supporters, I deeply thank you. And if you're not a supporter... 
please consider becoming one. Peace, family.